If you don't risk anything, you risk even more. Erica Jong. You are listening to The Real Estate Investor Show, episode number two. Welcome, ladies, to The Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. Thank you, Mindy, for being here today. Uh, Mindy is a real estate investor since 1998, and she's been living in ugly properties as she fixes them up. She'll be getting into all of that uh, in a moment. Uh, she lives in lives in Longmont, Colorado, which sounds amazing, which we, we got to get out there, Andressa, to Colorado at some point. Yeah, I just imagine like <laughs> mountains and all like, you know, sitting down outside drinking some hot coffee or that's what I imagine. And uh, and Mindy's and Mindy's the community manager for BiggerPockets.com. Uh, and if you haven't heard BiggerPockets.com, I guess you're living under a rock, possibly. But you know she'll be she'll be talking about that as well. And 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 her husband and and herself, she's they're financially free, independent, and she'll get into a little bit about that. And uh, there's so much we want to talk to Mindy about. Interest rates are sky high in 2023, and buying a rental property means you could get stuck with an eight, nine, or ten percent mortgage rate. But what about a 2.99% rate with Rent to Retirement? Rent to Retirement has 2.99% seller financing available on turnkey properties. You heard that right. That's a seller financed 2.99% interest rate with an average cash flow of over $900 per month. Plus, they've got options where you can put as little as 5% down with no PMI. As the nation's leading turnkey investment company, Rent to Retirement helps investors build headache-free, high-cash-flow rental portfolios. And since their properties are fully turnkey, newly built or renovated, leased and managed, anyone can invest, even those who aren't into landlording. So what are you waiting for? This 2.99% rate deal won't last long. To learn more, visit renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com or text REI to 33777. Again, text REI to 33777. The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest day. With Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. As a full-service vacation home management company with vacation homes in key destinations across the U.S., they know a thing about how to make owning a vacation home easy and profitable. On top of proactive property maintenance visits by professional local teams, a hospitality-driven booking platform, and around-the-clock support, Vacasa earns homeowners an average of 20% more revenue from their vacation homes. Vacasa is always thinking of ways to simplify the vacation homeowning experience by putting your home to work for you. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with the reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. But as we jump in, can you tell us a little bit about why you and what compelled you to begin investing in real estate? What was the pull that got this got this moving for you? Uh, so you mentioned that I'm financially free. Part of how I got there is I'm incredibly cheap. Um, <laughs> so we'll say frugal. That's a nice way to say it. I don't like to spend a lot of money. And I was, I had a friend who had a, she was going through a divorce. She had an apartment. She couldn't keep it. So I moved in there and I was paying rent. And I'm like, gosh, this is so stupid. I'm paying rent and I'm not getting anything back from it. You know, I, I can't just continue to throw my money away on rent. Mm. So I went and found a condo and I bought it for $49,000. 
and I fixed it up. It was really ugly. It was all I could afford. Um, I fixed it up. I did new paint, new tile floors. Hmm. The cabinets were good in the kitchen, um, new light fixtures, just like random things that I could do on my own. And I sold it for $75,000 four years later. And I'm like, oh, there's money to be made in real estate. I really like that a lot. And I started learning more about it. My husband and I uh, lived in, I sold it because I got married. So we lived in his grandmother's house and fixed it up, removed the pink carpeting and the pink walls and the pink, she, it looked like Pepto-Bismol exploded. <laughs> in That's and a visual. <laughs> yes. It, it was see that. really pink. And we painted it. We made it look like neutral. It was kind of a boring house, but boring's better than pink. Um, for some people, for most people. And we sold that for $100,000 in profit. Wow. And it was it was like, wow, this is ridiculous how much money you can make in real estate. So I just started learning more about it. And I love taking a really ugly property and making it look pretty. There's, there's a, a huge sense of accomplishment. Like when you, you know, having rental properties is great. They give you money every month. But you know, all that money doesn't come to you. They write you a check for $1,000 for rent, but then you've got to pay your mortgage and your bills and all of that. So you're not really seeing that. But when you take a really ugly kitchen and you rip out all the cabinets and you put in new cabinets, it's like instant gratification or like, you know, five-day gratification. Like, wow, I just did this. <laughs> cool. And when you finish one little project in the house, you're like, it's it, it inspires you to continue on. Oh, I can make that ugly bathroom look really pretty too. So... How did I get involved in real estate? Uh, it started off with money, and now it's just like the instant gratification of fixing something ugly. So, so Mindy, just to clarify, you live in the properties, right, with your two kids and a husband? Yeah, I'm uh, frugal, remember? I'm not going to go. <laughs> waste money on holding costs when I can just live there, too. And it started off, we didn't do it when we had kids. Mm -hmm. um, we, did, we started off before we had kids. Uh, we would just, you know, you come home from work and then you work until 10 o'clock in whatever project you're doing. Um, we had talked about, or we haven't talked about contractors yet. I actually do a lot of the work myself. My husband and I do a lot of the work ourselves because it's so hard to find a good contractor that sometimes it's just easier, faster, more reliable to do it yourself, to take the classes at Home Depot or whatever and learn how to do it. And then that's, just- That's what you did? Classes at Home Depot or other- other places uh, classes at home depot and lowe's and then just kind of trial and error you can install a tile floor pretty easily you need very few tools and a, a good level and we figured out pretty easily i mean it's not a tough task to do it just takes time so yeah. it's it's actually a lot faster to do it yourself than to try and find a contractor to come in oh and yes oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> if you have a good contractor, give them everything they want. Be so nice to them. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we do live in the house and we do the work ourselves. The reason we do that is, you know, because we can't find contractors and also because uh, we live there because then we can take advantage of the uh, rule 121 or the two out of five rule the, from the Taxpayer Relief Act. The, uh, the IRS, Congress, I don't remember who gave it to us, uh, whoever did, yay. Uh, they gave us the uh, the ability to not pay capital gains taxes on properties that you sell every two years. Um, so you have to live in it and own it for the last for two out of the last five years. And it doesn't have to be consecutive years, 
Uh, it just has to add up to, what is that, 730 days in the last five years that you have to live in and own the property. Okay. And then you can write off capital gains taxes up to $250,000 if you're a single person and up to 500000 if you were married. And in some of these, like I've never come close to hitting the ceiling, but um, I'm only making $100,000 on my flips, but uh, I'm not paying any taxes on it. That is $100,000 in my pocket. Yeah, and that's a pretty huge piece just to make make mention of because people, when they start flipping, they start making money in this business, they don't realize how much you know money they have to put aside for you know tax for tax purposes. Every flip we make money, we have a tax account, you know, and that's growing. And I'm like, oh, it'd be awesome if I could just use that money you know, for other things. But regardless, you have to have that. And, and it's more if you don't have real estate to, to go against it and all those, you know, talk to your accountant. But it's a great point, Mindy. Yeah, definitely talk to your accountant because there are rules. Mm -hmm. uh, you can only do it once every two years. Once so you can't, years. you know, buy two houses and live in one for two years but keep it and rent it out for the next three years while you're living in another house and then sell them both at the same time. Mm. You can only do it once every two years, which isn't a big deal. I mean, if you're living in while you're flipping, you you know, just sell it when you find a new place after the two years is up. And that two years is set in stone, 730 days. If it's uh, 729, you're paying capital gains taxes. Mm. And it's prorated and there's, you know, but talk to your accountant. You want to make sure you hit the two mark, the two year mark before you sell. Yeah, it makes sense. So as, as a as a person who's done the live-in flips, you know, certainly about the contractors, do you, did you bring any subs in? It's like walk us through the process. You know, after closing, you you moved in or did you start construction or do you, you know, obviously you had to move in. What what, what did that did look like? You know, what was the time frame for that? Because, you know, what, what does that even look like from a time frame and like a process? Uh, so my husband's father is an electrician. Okay. And he is retired, but that doesn't mean he doesn't know how to do electricity. Um, every city that I've ever lived in flipped in allows you to be your own contractor when it's your own house. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's great. Really, really nice. Okay. Um, I think I think pretty much everybody, I don't think there's a rule against it in any city, but obviously I don't know every city in America. Um, there's there's this uh, benefit to living in it is that you can, you know, you can be your own contractor. So you can do all your plumbing, all your electric by yourself. And really plumbing's not that hard with the invention of PEX and mm -hmm. PVC is the outpipe. That's really easy to put together. PEX is, it stands for some really long chemical name. Um, basically it's a tube and then a little copper ring and a fitting. So the fitting goes into the tube and then the copper ring goes around it. You take a big pair of pliers it's a special plier and you crimp it. And that's literally how you get the joint together, the, the connection. And there's, so there's no soldering. There's no uh, making sure that there's no leaks in your copper pipe. It's so much faster to do your own plumbing now that they have pecs. Mm. And um, it's, I think it's less than a hundred dollars in like tools. So it's just so much easier. It's so much faster. And my husband's, uh, father's an electrician, so he would come out and do the electrical work with my husband, and now my husband can do that himself. I say I do all the work with my husband, but he does the plumbing and electric. I'm not touching that. Um, we now hire out the the drywall because we've done that by ourselves several times, and you don't save a lot of money. You save a ton of time if you have somebody professional coming in because 
it, getting the finish on the drywall is definitely an art. Mm -hmm. um, there are a few jobs that I will absolutely hire out. I won't even try to do uh, gutters, roof. I'm not, I don't, I have more money than time for that. I don't want to do those. Um, but yeah, we just, we move in, we, you know, kind of take a couple of days to assess what we're going to do to the house mm -hmm. and then just jump in with both feet. I would recommend uh, strongly that you don't do both bathrooms at the same time. Or uh, That's a good idea. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, you definitely want to have a toilet and a shower. It's difficult to do like a one bathroom house unless you're adding a second bathroom or a third bathroom, in which case add the first one, add the second one and then go re remodel the first one. Mm -hmm. Um, we have done it, we've experimented. Hey, should we just rip everything out? Yeah, that's really great, except then you're living in a house with everything ripped out. Uh, I would I would suggest going by either job or room, depending on what you're comfortable with. Uh, you want to do all the drywall at once, especially if you're hiring that out. Mm -hmm. But that's kind of the last step. You want to do all of the electrical because you don't want to call the electrician in 50 different times. Um, you want to do all the plumbing at once so you don't have to call the plumber back, uh, which gets a little difficult if you're doing like one bathroom and then another bathroom. But if you're doing the work yourself, you can do the one bathroom and get it all ready and then go to the other bathroom. Um, but yeah, we've usually just jumped in with both feet and then it's you're just living in a mess for six months. And yeah. I was going to ask you, what's the time like? What, what do you say is like your average time frame for you know start to finish probably like nine months or a year we're you know we're we're doing it with the intention of living there for two years gotcha. so you don't have to jump in and rip everything out and do it all right now it's a good point um, you can you can take your time although there is something to be said for living in a house that's all complete and done and you don't have to do any more work so um that part is always really really nice and it always seems like that's really short it, mm. it, it seems to kind of get overshadowed with all the work when you're in the actual work but you know it, uh so I've got a couple of tips for for doing a live-in flip you definitely want to keep yourself organized you want to have all your tools but like put them away every night when you're done it seems like such a hassle oh I'm just going to do this tomorrow well put them to the side so you're not tripping over them in the middle of the night and so you can find them the next day I have like a hundred utility knives. I could go out to my garage right now and not find one. <laughs> oh my God. So when you look back, Mindy, what, what was the biggest challenge that you faced? Um, sometimes it gets overwhelming when I can't okay. sit here and, and lie and be like, this is the best thing ever. Everybody's so jealous that I live in such a filth hole. Um, but you know, it does get really daunting there are, there are times where like something breaks or something isn't going the right way or you did something wrong and you're like, oh, I hate this. I hate my life. This is the worst thing ever. <laughs> and then, you know, just remember, you're going to pick up a $20,000 check at the end of it or a $40,000 check or $100,000 or, you know, wherever you're at and however much you're making. It's important to keep your eyes on that. It's also important to take breaks. Like take a vacation, take, you know, go away for a weekend, even if it's just to a hotel down the street that isn't covered in drywall dust, you know, just, it's really difficult to, to keep going a hundred percent all the time. So factor that in. So you're, and you were talking a little bit about your, your, your greatest tips if people do want to embark on this live and flip, you know, any, any other tips for people who actually would want to 
take that, take this on as a strategy. Yeah. And it's, it's a really rewarding strategy. I mean, I have become financially free due in large part to living in my flips. Mm. Um, but you want to keep a room clean, like, like your bedroom, do your bedroom first or do your bedroom last and just keep that space completely clean, keep the door closed, keep a towel at the bottom. So dust doesn't come in. And then, you know, you can't take a vacation every day, but if you're just getting overwhelmed, go into that one space that's, that's free from all of this craziness and just take a mental health break. Um, that's, that's really, really important because it's so easy to get burned out. You know, it's, it's really easy to rip out all the kitchen cabinets and then you discover, wow, the walls aren't plumb. There's no wall that's plumb in the history of the world. So <laughs> trying yeah. to make cabinets, you need shims and you need more shims. And you're like, this is sticking way far out of the cabinet, but it's not level if I don't. And so it's just, it's easy to sit here and say, this is the best thing ever, but it does take, you know, it does take a mental, a certain amount of mental strength. And you did this with your husband. So, you know, we have to ask, you know, like I know, you know, I've talked a lot about working with we my spouse to. and, and yeah. on Justin <laughs> and I both, we, we, you know, so it's, tell us, you know, not only are you working with your spouse, but you're living in the house, working on the actual product with your spouse, you know, that, that's, that's a whole different level, you know, I mean, so I'm I'll curious. A couple of houses, he was working from home oh, and I was a stay at home mom, so we were <laughs> together all the time okay um this well, you this must have whole, many many secrets <laughs> <laughs> and this is a whole nother conversation about yeah. like what you love and all that but <laughs> we really get along yeah. we're the best of friends and if you are having some marital issues this is not the thing you want to try and fix your marriage no that's just gonna like drive a stake right into your marriage yeah. um but if you are you know, if you get along with your husband and, you know, you can both see the vision, it can be, you know, it really can pull you closer. We've had some some issues where I was like, I quit. I'm going to burn this house down. I can't <laughs> believe that this is, we had one house that had a lot. It was like everything was a problem. And I come downstairs and there was this bulge in the wall, like in the paint mm. that was filled with water. Oh. And it was a broken uh, faucet outside. But I thought something much bigger had happened. And I'm like, I, I'm done. I just, I can't anymore. There's so many problems with this house. I'm just going to like cry. And he was very supportive and very strong and like, we're going to fix this. And and there's other times where he's like, I just can't do this anymore. And I'm like, no, it's going to be great. So, you know, we have a really strong relationship in general, but we always seem to like one of us gets down while the other one's really up or one of us is really down while the other one's up. So you know, it's, uh, it's a good partnership, but it does. Yeah. It takes a lot of communication. And what would you say is the one, one thing and it's not probably one thing. It's like a million things I'm sure, but what's one of the most important things that you do as a couple to keep your marriage strong as you, as you, you know, work together and you know, what, what, is there anything in particular, like some sort of, um, you know, process you take on or uh, date night or, you know, I'm curious, how do you keep that? strong that you know the personal side strong uh we're both on the same page with everything mm -hmm. and we don't fight very much because my marriage is more important to me than being 
right or holding a grudge or just being mad. So we don't go to bed angry. And that's so cliche. Everybody says that, oh, never go to bed angry. Sometimes you're really, really mad at them. <laughs> it's good night. And that kind of dissolves whatever issues were we're left was if, you know, if we're having an argument, but we don't have that many arguments because we talk and communication is so key. You, Liz, don't read Matt's mind, do you? No. He has yours, I <laughs> know something, tell him. Yeah. And that if he wants you to know something, he's got to tell you because you can't read his mind. So, you know, that's really the key is just communication. Talk. If you're having a bad day, tell them. If they're the cause of an issue, tell them. Yeah. But, you know, it's you got to talk about it. I'm curious. Okay. I'm sorry. Go on, Joseph. No, go ahead. I was going to say, too, with your with your your personality um, differences, are they are you similar in personality? Are you different in personality? How, how does that work? We're so opposite. Okay. Um, <laughs> I am an extrovert and he is an introvert. He would much rather just, he's a computer programmer. He would much rather just write software than talk to people. And I would never, ever want to write software ever. And I would, I love to talk to people. I talk to anybody about anything at any time. And he's completely different. So it's, it's fun to watch him in a crowd. And he's just, so how's, like, he's, he tries really hard. But he's, but he's probably really sincere, right? Because I used to work with personality assessments and introverts tend to be very sincere people. I cut you off on Jessa too. What? No, no, okay. you're good. You're good. I was just thinking about like, since we we're uh, talking about advices, I want to sh shift gears to what was the best uh, business advice somebody ever gave it to you, Mindy? Oh, buy low, sell high. Um I don't know, maybe this means I'm a bad person. People don't give me a lot of uh, advice. Why you say that? <laughs> <laughs> they don't they don't think I'll take it or they don't think I'll listen. I don't know. I don't get a lot of business advice. I'm sorry. So do you give a lot of business advice? Oh yeah. What will, what will be the best like advice that you can give to our listeners? Uh, the best business advice is to uh, regarding real estate, run your numbers. Analyze your deal. Not every property is a deal. Not every property makes for a good live-in flip. And not every property makes for a good flip. I mean, they, the owners might just want too much for it. So, yeah. so definitely run your numbers and make sure that what you're buying is what you think you're buying. Don't skip the home inspection. Unless you are leveling the house completely, do not skip the home inspection. I like to say if you are asking, do I need a home inspection? Then yes, you need the home inspection. And what's the value, Mindy, for, for folks that are you know, getting into this, 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 you know, lovely game of flipping. What do you think that uh, provides people? So it's really, really, really easy to walk into an ugly house and say, Oh, I could just make this beautiful. Mm. And mm. maybe you don't see that the foundation is broken or that there's mold growing in the bathroom. That's actually black mold or, you know, there's a leak or there's a bulge and you're like, Oh, I'll just fix that. And then it turns out to be this giant problem that you didn't realize. Um, especially if you're new, we bought the house that I'm sitting in right now. We bought this without a home inspection because we knew we were going to basically take it to the studs and the water had been turned off. We didn't perform a water test and there's a lot of copper in the basement. We're actually really lucky that nobody came in and stole the copper from the basement. 
um, because it's it's a crawl space and it's easily accessible from the outside. So uh, we've there's actually not that much anymore. We replaced it all with PECs, but mm-hmm. you know to have no home inspection in a this is a foreclosure. So and it was very ugly. To have no home inspection, you're really kind of gambling on mm-hmm. what what could be. And oh yeah, the walls are ugly. Well, maybe the walls are crumbling, or you know the floor has a big hole in it, and it's going to cost a whole lot more to fix than you thought. Um, I was at a home inspection. I'm a real estate agent as well. And I was at a home inspection for a client and the home inspector came highly recommended. That's another thing. Get a highly recommended home inspector. Don't just grab some schmo because they're not all equal. (laughs) Um, He filled up the bathtub in the upstairs with cold water and put the, put the stopper in, filled it all up with cold water and then pulled the plug went downstairs underneath where the basement or underneath where the bathtub was and held a, like a heat gun, like a, wow. a, a heat camera. I don't know. He could see the the heat there and he could see a huge uh, cold spot, meaning that there were pipe issues. That is a good tip. Yeah. We ended up, they ripped out the bathroom and discovered that there was a huge pipe issue um, they fixed that, and then the buyers wanted to pick the finishes for the bathroom, which is understandable. The sellers are going to want to put in the least amount of money, and the buyers are going to want to put in you know, something nicer. So we got them to just not refinish the bathroom. The lender had already done his uh, appraisal, mm-hmm. so by the time we got to this point, um, and he said, yeah, hey, I, you can still close like this. I've already appraised it. So they were able to buy it with an one unfinished bathroom and one finished bathroom. And then they went and finished it themselves. But the sellers had fixed the plumbing issue. They were very handy. And, you know, they added a lot of value to the house just by making a really, really nice bathroom. Mm, Awesome. Top real estate investors love to talk about how they save so much on taxes. But how are they able to build rental property empires while skirting Uncle Sam? 1031 exchanges. 1031 exchanges allow you to defer capital gains taxes while you sell an investment property, exchanging your old property for a bigger, better one and avoiding the tax man while you do it. And that's where First American Exchange Company comes in. They're the leaders in 1031 exchanges. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting, First American Exchange can help you with simple rental property exchanges, complex commercial real estate investments, reverse exchanges, and more. Don't let your taxes eat into your profits. Visit First American Exchange Company at firstexchange.com or call them at 800-556-2520. That's firstexchange.com or 800-556-2520. Keep your money in your pocket and propel your portfolio further at firstexchange.com. First American Exchange Company does not provide tax or legal advice. Consult your financial, real estate, tax, or legal advisor about your circumstances. First American Exchange Company. Safe, smart, secure. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. 
At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single-family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. I wanted to circle back to about, you made a comment about knowing what properties are more of a live-in flip versus a regular flip. Um, you know, Andressa, Andressa has lived in some of her prop, her couple of her properties before, before, you know, flipping them. I've never done that. Although I'm like, maybe our next home, we should totally do a live in. I'm like totally inspired today just to maybe think about that. <laughs> I don't know. Matt will think of that. But you know, my, my question to you is how does someone who wants to get to flipping and get involved in this business or has done a couple of flips, how do they decipher between what is, is going to be obviously where they're going to want to live that that's going to be a big piece of this. But I'm curious, what were, what are a couple of things that someone would need to think about? Like, is this better for a live-in flip or is this better as like a regular flip? Um, number one is like you said, the neighborhood. Yeah. You want to make sure that you actually want to live in that neighborhood. Um, yeah. Another one is another top one is, is it habitable? And you can't move into a house with black mold. I guess technically you could, but um, a meth house, you don't want to live in there. You certainly don't want to bring your children or your animals into a meth house um, to live in. But if it's just ugly, if right. it's habitable, um, our well, we the ugliest kitchen I've ever seen in my whole life in this house. And it still functioned. It was just hideous to look at. So we ripped that out as soon as we could. But we could live here. And we did. Uh, we lived here for, I think, six months before we took out the kitchen. Mm-hmm. But it had a bathroom that worked. Um, it had a kitchen and it had bedrooms. So it, no roof or I'm sorry, no leaks in the roof. It had a roof. It had no roof, but everything's okay. Uh, uh-huh. no it was beautiful weather. You know, we didn't need a roof. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the stars. <laughs> Here in June and in September, we had a, a thousand year flood. And in our city, it uh, wiped away the bridge two blocks away. Wow. We got some water in our crawl space that we've never had water in the crawl space before. But it was kind of, you know, I didn't feel bad that there was water in the crawl space. I felt really good that there was only this much water in the crawl space. <laughs> that was a challenge. That was that was a good challenge. Um, Liz mentioned before, and for you guys out there that are not familiar with Bigger Pockets, that's exactly how Liz and I met. So I highly recommend for all of you to check it out. Um, it is a great source for communicating with other folks and learning a lot about everything that what Mindy is saying right there. Um, regarding the first, the rookie and other folks that are, are thinking about starting in real estate or already, you know, did their first deal, what's the most common question they ask you on Bigger Pockets? Ah, uh, there's two. Should I get my real estate license? And how do I invest in real estate with no money and bad credit? Mm. So should you get your real estate license? This is an interesting question because 
I have my real estate license. It's helped me a lot with having MLS access. And I have my MLS has a portal to the public records that is so much easier to use than the regular public records. Yep. Um, I can do research by myself. I can go and see any house that I want to. I don't have to wait to call my agent and have them call me back and then have them call up the listing agent and schedule the appointment. I just do that all myself. So I don't think there's anything wrong with having your real estate license, but you should definitely know how much it costs to get a real estate license. You don't just say, oh, I want to have an agent. I want to have a license and then go get one. You have to take classes and they range from there's a couple of states that have like 40 hour class requirements. And my state of Colorado has 168 hours of class requirements. I think Texas is at 190 right now. Mm -hmm. So it is a significant education requirement in many states. Um, My coursework cost $600, $700. It's been a while since I took it. Um, And I went online. The there's all these nickel and dime charges though. You have to get a background check and a fingerprint check and um, you have to do, actually I've forgotten all the things you have to do. Um, but there's, there's a lot of little things you have to do. You have to go and take the test, which costs money. You have to get your license and you have to hang it under another more experienced real estate agent for at least two years. Some States have a three-year requirement where you can't just be an agent by yourself unless you're an attorney. So, and most people who are asking these questions are not also an attorney. So Mm -hmm. if you are not an attorney, then you have to hang your license under a more experienced agent for two years. And there's, you know, then you have to decide how you want to hang your license. Do you want to go with a national agency that maybe gives a lot of education? Or do you want to go with a small guy who isn't going to charge you a lot of commission and will allow you to, you know, do your own thing? Mm -hmm. Uh, And do you sell your own houses, the houses that you guys rehab? I have not been an agent while I was selling a house. Okay. Um, I got my, I got my license three years ago and we were going to sell this house. And then we did, turns out we really love the neighborhood. So we're going to stay here. Um, so I would sell my own houses. I just have never been licensed to do that yet. Okay. Okay. And then the other question is how do I get started investing in real estate with no money and bad credit? Uh, you don't. Let's fix your no money. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so Brandon Turner can invest in real estate with no money. And he wrote the book on it. And that's sure. great. But he's been doing this for a really long time. He has a lot of contacts. If you and Dressa decide that, oh, today I'm going to be a real estate agent. I really are a real estate investor. I really like the concept of making money through real estate, but I don't have any money. So who's going to give me money? Well, why am I going to give you money? Why am I, I don't know you, I don't know your background. Why am I going to give you money so you can go out and buy a house and make all the money with no risk involved? And play with it. And play with it. Yeah. If you have bad credit, start fixing it right now. And don't go to a credit fixing company. Do it yourself. Pay off your bad debts, pay your bills on time, and don't use every dollar on your credit limit. Those are the three big ones for fixing your credit is you got to pay your bills. If you're not going to pay the bill, then don't buy the stuff. And make your coffee at home, not at Starbucks. And make your coffee at home, not at Starbucks. And we, <laughs> we talk a lot about that, you know, people will ask us too, you know, oh, I want to start investing in real estate. I have no money. I have no experience. I don't know anyone. I mean, you know, and it's, it's it, you know, you want to help people. Obviously, you want to say, listen, if this is a dream you have, go for it. 
But we talk a lot about prerequisites, you know, and you need almost like a college course. You need to you need to pass these prerequisites before you go probably raise money from someone or you get money from someone. Yeah. And, you know, the biggest thing is building a track record. You know, would you lend money to someone who's never done what you want to do? No, no one in the right mind would. So why would they do it with you? So that means you got to get creative. And, and there's a lot of ways to do that. I mean, one of the best ways to do it is to go volunteer your time to a successful investor in your community. Find them and say, how can I help you achieve your goals? Not how can I pick your brain? They don't want to hear that. How can I, can I, how can I take you out to coffee? They don't, want, they don't have time to have coffee with you unless they know you. you know. And it's, it's really seriously though. Pick your brain is, is like the kiss of death. Um, exactly. I mean, I got an email last week and it started, would like to pick your brain was the first way. And now I'm going to respond to them because I like responding to people and helping people. But I'm going to say, listen, you know, um, don't don't send that yeah. email again to anyone. No, but I mean, but it is. It's true. Prerequisites. So so build your track record. You know, I think that's under said and that needs to happen. It takes hard work. Yeah, it does take hard work, and that's the thing. Real estate isn't hard, but it is work. Right. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Do the work. It's Amen, like, sister. <laughs> it's like dieting. If you go and you eat 400 pounds of garbage every single day, you're probably not going to stay a size three you also aren't going to be able to lose all that weight in one day. You're not going to learn everything you need to know about real estate in one day. You're going to have to put in the work and put in the work consistently. And finding a contractor or a a successful real estate investor and going to help them, ask them what help they need. Don't say, oh, I can do your taxes. They probably already have an accountant. Say, I can help you in however you want. I will do whatever job you want me to do i will sweep your office i will or i'll sweep your your uh workspace i will go pick up materials i will deliver stuff to for you i will whatever you can whatever you will allow me to do i would like to help you i have you know these are my skills this is my time available when what can i do for you and let them tell you they're not going to give you the keys to their company car and say, Hey, go pick up the $5 million in supplies I just ordered, but they might help you. They might let you sweep their building. They might let you sweep there and you're going to do really unfun tasks, but somebody has got to do them. And by doing them for free, you're providing value to the investor and more importantly, showing them that you'll do what you say you're going to do. Oh and yeah. That's, that's huge. How many people have contacted you? Oh, I'd love to connect with you. And then you respond and you get crickets. Yeah. Yeah. That happens a lot. Hey, I've got some some questions for you. Great, ask them. Nothing. Okay, then you're not going to follow through. I have not wasted any time. Exactly. Good, Mindy. You you touched on a very good important point when you you mentioned list your skills. I think that that's a starting point. People need to look at themselves and 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 see. Okay, I'm good at this. I'm sucking at this. So they have a very clear picture of what they can offer because. Developers will ask you that question. What can you offer? What are you good at? What's your background? You know, what's what, what What are your goals? Where you're going? Because you might be going to a place that I don't want to go. So we cannot, you know, I can teach you certain things that you might be wanted to go to Alaska. And I was like, hell no, it's too cold. We're not going there. <laughs> so be very clear with your goals and who you are and make that clear picture to to the developer and follow through with your word 
because there's nothing worse than you say you're going to do something and you don't show up or you show up late. That shows lack of integrity and nobody wants to work with that person. Amen, sister. Mm-hmm. There yeah. you go. Say you're going to be there at 11 o'clock. Plan in your head to be there at 1045. Yes. Knock on the door at 1050. Anything more than like 10 or 15 minutes early makes you look kind of psycho like you have nothing better <laughs> But showing up five minutes late, you might as well not show up at all. I mean, if you're, you know, everybody realizes there are genuine emergencies. Um, You know, there was a fatal accident on the expressway a couple of weeks ago for there's a new girl at school and that was her first day and she's late Mm -hmm. on her very first day. That's, you know, that's understandable. That's explainable. That's in the newspaper. But hey, oh, sorry, I was late. My alarm didn't go off. You already have like 100 points knocked off your score. So yeah, be there on time. And here's a t- a lot of these people that are asking about, oh, I want to get started with no money and bad credit are younger people. If you're connecting with an older investor, maybe they don't have your internet skills. Yeah, maybe yeah. they don't know how to go on bigger pockets or prov- you know, have a social media presence or you know, offer that. Make a list of all of your skills. It doesn't have to be construction. Make a list of your business skills. Yes. You know, they don't want to know that you can ride a unicycle because really nobody cares. <laughs> Interesting, but. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. Oh, wow. You can ride a unicycle. Oh, maybe that shows that you have determination because that's really hard to do. But Maybe you can hang drywall. Yeah. Oh, there you go. I can walk on hang drywall. What an awful, awful job. <laughs> yeah. Just say what you can do. I've got a delivery van so I can, you know, pick up supplies or I've got. You know, whatever it is you got, make a list of your skills and present it to them. Here's what I can do for you. I would love a chance to learn from you. What do you need help with? And, you know, it's just let them choose what they want you to do. And I think that's, it's a great point, Mindy. And it's also what transferable skills people have. Uh, You know, in my my previous work, we did a lot of, you know, just redirecting people in their careers and, you know, non-real estate work. But it was was very helpful for people because they don't think that, oh, if I'm doing it here, I can do it there. Like, you know, if I'm really good on the phone, that's a transferable skill that's helpful in many different aspects, especially this business, answering phones, being, um, you know, talking to tenants, what have you. But we all have transferable skills as, as adults. If you're over the age of 18, you have some skills that could be useful in this business. It's just a matter of figuring that out and then determining how to, you know, serve the, the person in front of you and be, add value. So that's a great yep. point. Yeah, a couple of things that you just said. So first of all, I don't think you have to be 18. I think you can have viable skills even if you're younger. Yeah, Um, that's a good point. I don't know how many investors are listening to this who are under 18, but uh, I don't want to discourage them. That's a good point. Um, uh, Yeah, every once in a while we'll get somebody on on Bigger Pockets. Hey, I'm 17. How do I invest in real estate? Well, you're going to have a hard time. Why don't you let's let's start the learning process for you, and then when you're 18 and legally able to sign the contract. You know, then you can do it. Um, you said good being on the phone. Here's another tip for all you people that want to go and help somebody: stay off your phone when you're talking to somebody. Be mm. in the moment. Don't be sitting there texting or checking Facebook or you know even checking bigger pockets. You can wait until <laughs> be in the moment. And when the guy's talking to you or the girl, I sh- I'm sorry, but let's be honest. This is like a male-dominated industry, so you're probably going to find a male mentor 
uh, a lot easier than a female mentor. But if, I mean, if you can find a female mentor, that'd be awesome. Um, but the guy's going to say, here's information, absorb that information. Don't just sit there and be on your phone and, oh yeah, yeah. That, oh, hold on. I got to check my phone. My phone beeped. Mm. Turn off. Unless that guy needs you to make a phone call, turn your phone off and pay attention to what they're saying. Yeah. And take, take notes also. I, I feel that sometimes we are spitting out so much good information and then the person comes again and again and again with the same question. So having a student mentality of observing it and showing to them, okay, I got it. I'm, I got it. You don't need to repeat that to me again. That's, that says a lot. Yes, it does. So I, I wanted to ask you uh, to talk a little bit more about your book, How to Sell Your Home, The Essential Guide to a Fast Stress-Free. Is that possible? Yeah. <laughs> and profitable sale. Tell me a little bit about, about it. Okay. So this book comes out on January 11th. And Yay. it uh, the process of how you sell a house. If you have never sold a house, it is so much more than just planning a site in the front yard. And then, you know, waiting for the offers to come in. There's there's a lot of things that you need to do before you plant that sign. And there's a lot of things you need to do after you plant that sign that you may not know about. And not the least of which is finding the right real estate agent to help you meet your needs. Um, it's not always about getting the most money for the house. Let's say that your uh, your grandmother died and left you her house you're going to want to sell that differently than if you are um, an owner occupant and are just selling your home for the most money because you're, you're moving as an owner occupant, you're going to be selling your house in a different way. If you have to move across country versus, Oh, I just hate my kitchen. I don't want to live here anymore. So it's, it's just a step-by-step -step how to sell your house. Here's, here's mm -hmm. all the things you need to know when you're selling your house. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Well, January 11th, you said? January 11th. I'll send you a copy. Awesome. Awesome. Where, where people can find it? Uh, people can find it on biggerpockets.com and they can find it on Amazon. And it'll also be in Barnes and Noble. And is that, are there any other bookstores? Like independent bookstores? Yeah, there's not many now. No, there's not. Well, that's exciting. Congrats. Awesome. That's, and where, if, if listeners want to uh, reach out to you or just, you know, stay in touch with you, what, where's the best place for them to do that? I am all over biggerpockets.com. It is my job to be in the forums and communicating with people all day, every day. And it's the best job that I have ever had. And you can find me at uh, biggerpockets.com. You can email me at mindy at biggerpockets.com. You can find me on Twitter at mindy at BP. And I think that's my Instagram handle too. I'm not on Instagram that much. I'm too old for Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to get started with what we call fabulous three questions. Um, yeah. Um, so let's get started. What's the most <laughs> transformational book you you ever you have ever read before oh the one thing now i'm now i'm trying to remember it's that's the best book ever and then i can't remember who wrote it i think it's gary keller gary keller i'm pretty it, sure too yeah it was about focusing on one thing mm -hmm. at a time yeah like one thing that's going to make the biggest difference in your life today or in your in your work great and what what's the most powerful routine you have to uh, do to create a financially free and balanced life. What do you do? 
uh, don't spend money and save a lot. Um, there's no magic pill for becoming financially free. You just, you know, question every purchase. I'm going to, I want a new car. Well, why do you need a new car? You can get by with a used car. You can get by with the same car you've already, you've always had. I have a uh, 2003 Honda Element that is the best car ever. And I will have that until I drive it into a pole or whatever, you know, however it dies, I will have it until it's dead. It is, it's got 165,000 miles on it, 165,000 miles on it. Um, and it's an excellent car. I don't need a new car. I don't care what people think of my car. And where, where do you spend your money, Mindy? It's, it's a matter where, uh, where, where to spend. Where do you spend your? Uh, the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> I know you travel. <laughs> I do travel. I don't travel as much now that the girls are in school. Um, I travel to some conferences and uh, we do some traveling, but not a ton of traveling. Uh, we just, we really don't spend a lot of money. I don't care really what my clothes look like. I don't care, you know, what kind of car I drive, my house. Home Depot is where I spend money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking out in the backyard. I'm like, oh yeah, that's, I was at Home Depot once and the lady looks at me, she's checking me out. She's like, you look really familiar. I'm in here every day, <laughs> single day. I am here. So, uh, and the third question is: Which women it can be famous, um, alive that um, has inspired you the most? Oh, Coco Chanel. Hmm. My favorite quote of all time is Coco Chanel. She says, "I don't care what you think about me. I don't think about you at all." And that, <laughs> she was so sad, but that's so. You know, that that really speaks to me as a woman. You know, we've talked about outside of this conversation, we've talked about, you know, the struggles that women face with contractors. Some contractors can be really, you know, narrow minded. And well, I don't care what you think about me. When you're done with this job of mine, I don't think about you at all. It, it's really easy to get over the the hump when you're like, what your opinion of me is doesn't matter. I know who I am and I don't care about you. And it's, it's, it's a snotty thing to say, but it's, it helps you get over these negative feelings that you get from some people. Yeah. And it's, that's that sense of being self-full versus being selfish. People could get hung up on, oh, I don't want to be selfish, but it's being selfful. It's putting yourself first so you can do great things. Um, yeah. And that's a really good point. You know what? Let's, let's go back and talk about that for a second. Just because you're thinking about yourself and your needs doesn't make you selfish. Yeah. If you're yeah. only thinking about yourself and your needs all the time, all day, every day, then yeah, you probably aren't, you know, the greatest person. <laughs> but but you, you matter. Your needs matter. Your thoughts matter. So it's totally fine to have them. And yeah, being self-full, yep. it's not the same as selfish. That's a really good point. You know, it, hey, you know, I try, I try. <laughs> Mindy, th Mindy, thank you so much for being on this uh, podcast with us, the show. You, uh, you enlightened us on, on lots of different levels. So, you know, we just really appreciate your time and sharing it with, with our community. Well, yeah, thank I'm you. so honored that you asked me. Thank you so much. I had a great time. Well, thank Call me back time. We will. We have a lot more <laughs> that we didn't get to. So we'll be having you on again. So. That's yeah, that's awesome. With podcasts, they're only an hour long. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Mindy.
Oh, thank you so much, guys. Have a good day. All right. Take care now. Bye. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.